Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you. This morning, we're going to talk about the continued rotation uh the other way, we were talking about the rotation from growth to value for a couple of days there. That kind of came off yesterday. Well, not kind of. It did come off yesterday. So we'll talk about that rotation and what you should do now if you're looking at some of these growth, uh, some of these value names, some of these beaten down names. We've got some earnings on our radar. Two guests on our docket today. First up is Mark Chaikin. He'll be on with us at 8.15. He is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, a longtime market veteran. And then at 9.00. We'll be joined by a new guest, Jim Barr. He's the CEO of Nautilus, ticker NLS. We're going to talk about trends in uh, the fitness industry, what's changed for them this year, and what they see going forward. Before I throw out the draw, I want to remind you all to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, show us some love. We appreciate that. Joel, how are we doing here overnight? It seems like a quiet session this morning. Uh, kind of, not really. Uh, you opened up right at the high of the pre-market. Uh, well, it, you didn't know it was going to be high, but uh, you opened up near the high of the day yesterday at 76.75, and you sold off all the way to 38 and a quarter. Then you came all the way back, it almost to a scratch. I think you did get back to 3568, and now you're 20, 20 points after that, off that. So, an undecided market. We'll be talking about that more with Triple D when we come on. Uh, 4120, the last print and crude that's down 27 cents. Gold trying to get off the mat, that's up 570 at 1867.20. Silver, that's down 4.7 cents, and make it 5.7 at 2421. And Bitcoin bulls are at it again. Uh, now we're near 16,000, uh, missing it by only $50. We're up $145 at 15,950. And before we get things started, bring in Triple D, can I make a really, a really bad joke, Spencer? You, sure. What do you I'm got? Scared. I'm scared. I'm, I'm always actually scared. very scared. <laughs> what do you got? I, th- I think Mark Chaikin should start a marijuana product, uh, you know, a newsletter. Why? Okay. Why? Bacon with chicken. <laughs> I actually <laughs> laughed on that. 
<laughs> All right, that wasn't that bad. Okay, Mark. <laughs> that was a good one, actually. But okay, I was actually scared when he says, "You know, a bad joke from Joel could be bad," but that was actually pretty good. I like that bacon with shake, and I'm going to say that All we're right. bacon. We're bacon with Mark Shaken um, next week, I think. So anyway. oh, today. today. Was it today? today, today. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I thought it was next week. Oh, great. So we're going to open with that. You got to ask him that. You should <laughs> save that for him. He would have liked that. I, I, I had to run it by. Oh, yeah. You're too excited. Yeah. It just, it just came to me. I, I mean, think you can. It just came to me. <laughs> like, like the, like these value stocks are just coming to us here. Now. Oh, yeah. We had good I, debate. I, I, uh, yeah you know what it was a good pre pre-market show just when we we we, we start when we say the pre pre-market show we start 10 minutes early we just kind of talk about what we're going to talk about we start 15 minutes and then we start getting fights on the pre pre-market show so joel you start it we'll just replay it here but you start you know what your thesis was here and um it's i just want to get into it's, it's more facts than, than thesis uh the facts. Fact- joel's got the facts <laughs> just the facts kid uh you know, we're seeing rising cases, right? And we're, we're, we're breaking records, right? But we're getting back up to levels where we were in March and April, right? To break these records. But back then, it was just concentrated in Michigan, New York, New Jersey, California, right? The big population areas. So now the exponential factor, if it kicks into gear, could be off the charts. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm just looking at things. Dennis, that was actually your original thesis when uh, back at the end of January when we were talking about that. So do we have better protocols? Do we have possible vaccines? Do we know, you know, people are not in effect? Do we have things if they're in the hospital to, you know, subside it a little bit? A little bit, a lot of different factors there. But that, that was just something that, uh, you know, that I was thinking about. And you know, the at home versus the uh, lockdown stuff. I mean, you can look at the, the you know, the action from the last two days and say, oh, they don't believe this Pfizer vaccine news because all of a sudden, you know, we've had a, a replay of the trade, especially yesterday, selling all the value names and buying all the growth names and buying all, you know, the stay at home plays like Zoom had a great day yesterday. What I'm going to say, um, in my opinion, is I do believe that you know we're going to get past this. I do believe that we're going to get a vaccine that is going to help tremendously. Is it going to solve COVID? I don't know about that, but I think it's a, a it's going to be good enough that people will eventually go back to their normal lives. So there is light at the end of the tunnel after Monday. So I look at this, and you look at, for instance, at Darden restaurants, and you know I was very vocal saying that move in Darden restaurants crazy, flat out stupid. Dumb money buying that stock. Pure dumb money. Um, it gapped up 25%, tried to make a new all-time high. Come on. Stock is, you know, the company is operating restaurants that nobody wants to go to yet. Way too premature to be making new all-time highs on DRI. But now you look at it. So definitely Monday, if you were buying into that gap, thinking, you know, I got to own the value names. You're on the wrong side of the trade. You were chasing. And it was horrible. And there was 22 stocks in the SP 500 that were up more than 20%. There were all these value names. Look at American Airlines. American Airlines, obviously the big pop. Boom. Oh, yeah, this is it. We're out of here. 14.48. So close at 11.46 and gaps up three points. Talking about 25% up gap. Came in. Look at it where it's at now. All the way back in four days. 
So if you're so inclined and you had to own airlines on Monday, I would say if you believe that we are actually getting past the, the COVID, that we're going to get past it, and there is light at the end of the net tunnel now thanks to Pfizer, if you believe that, I'm not saying I believe that, but if you believe that, I would say now is the time to strike on an American Airlines. Not when it's up 30% on the gap. It just filled it. it gave, it's given you a second chance, if you believe that. So I would not be surprised if this rotation does eventually, in the next day or two, start to ro- rotate back into these names. Because now they've come back in. I mean, Boeing. You know, everybody wanted to promote Boeing and, you know, and pump it there. Even on, and even like we said on Fast Money, they're all pumping it. 191, yeah, we got to buy Boeing now. Okay, it's 15 points down from where it was 24 hours ago when they were pumping it. I mean, now, you know, okay, we get back to words, you know, Mondays or, or low 172, 173, 175. That's how you, you're, you're buying now the pullback here on the stocks that have the new news that potentially we might be getting passes. So look to your reopening plays here now because we've got a nice pullback now. You know, buying JP Morgan on Monday up at 117 or 118 or 119. Now it's 113. Okay, it's still a little bit. That one's still a little bit overdone, maybe. Um, but Bank America, you're seeing a little pullback in the banks here. So I think now is the time to maybe start looking at some of these stocks if you're so inclined to do so. I mean, the banks didn't pull back as much as that Darden restaurants and American Airlines pull back because of the offering. But UAL. I mean, UAL was up at $44. Well, it's 37 here this morning. You've almost, you're, you're starting the process of, you're almost filling that gap. So now you can control your risk a little bit more because we know the market was kind of comfortable with these stocks, you know, especially like UAL or American Airlines at 11 because, um, you know, that's where it was pricing. You know, it was a binary bet almost. Are we going, are they going to make it or not? Well, the odds are, if the vaccine is truly coming, that maybe they are going to survive. So now they're now you're getting a shot. So don't chase. Like I said, don't chase. This is not the market to chase in. You're buying Zoom this morning. You're chasing now. And you know what? I think Zoom was a dead cat bounce. I think Zoom, 366 to 422. I think this gets up to 440. I think you sell the hell out of it. I think the Zoom all-time high is in. I'm going to say, I think the Zoom, not, not 52-week high, I believe. The Zoom 588 all-time high will stand forever. I think it will never. This is my opinion. I think it will never get back up to 588 ever again. Because one, I believe we're going to come out of this. And two, the valuation is just nuts. Right. So I think all rallies to be sold. And what a nice rally the last. Now you've got the bounce. You've got the dead cap bounce that you needed to potentially get the hell out of some of these stocks. If you're, if you're in all these stocks. So I would be reallocating my portfolio, not talking about Apple and Amazon. I said yesterday on the show, I think Amazon's going to 5,000. I do believe that because Amazon 5, wins 000. no matter what. Why 5,000? Why not? Why not? 10,000? I don't know. 3,000. We could go just, like Mark Yusko no, and think these... it's going to go way down. Yeah. I, I personally don't believe that because I believe this company is, is maybe I could arguably say the best company in the world. I like to own the best companies. What about his thing that they really they sell other people's things? They really don't sell their own stuff. Well, that's every retailer. Every retailer. Nobody. Walmart doesn't make things. They sell other people's things. But Amazon actually does make some stuff. Yeah, I mean, Amazon actually, you know, that, that's not even a full argument to say that. But every retailer just sells other people's stuff. I mean, eBay just sells other people's stuff. Walmart just sells other people's stuff. I mean, the whole world's built on selling other people's stuff. So you can't all just be manufacturers. So 
I, I personally, you know, I think it's a service. It's putting buyer and seller together. Just like it was great. Analysis by Mark Yusko was just fabulous on all accounts. I don't agree with him on the, on that. I, I think there's a tech wreck coming. I personally don't think it's for Amazon. I think it's for the Zooms, the Pelotons, the stocks that really, you know, benefited from this, you know, stay at home play, because I believe we are going to eventually go back to normal life. And I believe we're going to do that maybe within the next year. So with that belief, it's time to start, in my opinion, start selling your Zooms and your Pelotons and potentially buying, I'm not buying AMC movie theaters, but potentially looking at what companies you think, you know, are really going to benefit here. Am I buying Boeing? Well, I mean, the airlines are still really ground zero, but you know what? You want to take a flyer on American Airlines? Now's the time, man, because you had the 11 support. You filled the whole gap. On Monday was not the time. 14.30 was not the time. Yesterday or two days ago, 13, still not the time. Filled the whole gap. Okay, well, now you're back to where you were prior to Monday's news. So if you believe that we're closer to the end of this than, than we were on Sunday, well, then American Airlines give you a second chance. Uh, and just for this American Airlines, you know, it just depends. Remember that June 5th moment that we had? Or was it June 5th or June 8th? This is when we, I can only illustrate it here on the monthlies, when it had that 22, 23. And you were really convicted on that. That was, I can't remember what happened. What did something happen major in June that was really positive? Was it the first time we started getting some, uh, uh, um, that uh, that that may vaccine been, news. No, what was it? No, that may have been when they got the federal aid, the the uh, the bailout, whatever. Was you want, it? Whatever you want to call it. Uh, what was the date there? It was here. It was like it was like the first week of June, right? Um, I thought it was June eighth, but someone's saying June or June fifth. Maybe the news came out June fourth, and June fifth was the trading set. Anyways, it just that that looks like the chart to me then and then it, it came way down off that now it popped again off that high here i can give it i give you the date it was june 5th but anyways i just want to i just want to illustrate that you know the point of what happened it came all the way back down and then trying to rally again i tell you i'll give just give you a monthly level i mean if you're going to trade this super technically sure. i mean you got all these tops here you know i'd be more inclined on the monthly chart I, mm, boy, that comes at like 13, 14. I mean, that's where it got up to yesterday. Maybe you put a buy stop at like, if you, if you know, nibble on some here. And then if it breaks above Monday's high, put some more in. And if you nibble here and it goes down some more, then you still have some ammo. It all depends ways. on what your thesis is. But if you're loaded up with all stay at home stocks, and I got a few of them, you know, I got all the video games, I got a few of them. Um, Now's that time to you know start considering that barbell approach. I mean, you want to add a few reopening stocks to your portfolio here. You're getting a second chance in a lot of them. I mean, look at Kohl's. Kohl's because we're going to reopen, and I'm and, the, and I'm showing you the dogs. And I'm not saying I'm doing this, so don't just jump on and say yeah, 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 you know. But if you're buying Kohl's on Monday or Tuesday, I mean, it, it you bought it up 22 to 27. You bought a that's like almost a 20 percent move too. Five bucks on 22, it's a 20 percent move. Well, it just came all the way back down. So Nordstrom's probably, well, Nordstrom's not quite all the way back down, but half of it has come back down. Dillard's came all the way back down, DDS. I mean, holy mackerel, like if you really think I missed the boat here, now they just gave you all a second chance. And the same thing goes for all of these tech stay-at-home stocks that everybody's been hiding in. If you have too much money in those, I would consider lightening those stocks up this morning. 
not tomorrow, this morning. Uh, just one more thing. When from going back to Bill's interview, uh, did you hear him say he prefers the uh, dumbbell approach? <laughs> it's the stuff that we talk about on the show. Did you catch that little yeah, barb that he got in one. there? He that's was. I, I'm still laughing from that. I know not everyone enjoyed it, but man, oh man, I'm still cracking up. He's that good. Well, All right. As long as he stays on side. Let's yeah. bring on. I get nervous sometimes when he uh, gets of interview, excited. Speaking of interviews, let's bring on today's first guest, Mark Chaikin. He's on with us now. He's a founder of Chaikin Analytics. Joins us every other week. Mark, good morning. Are are you putting down or picking up with what Dennis is putting down? Uh, no. Uh, I think uh, that's why we have a market. I love that. We have yeah. to have somebody else on the other side of the trade. I'm looking for stocks that are have already broken out uh, that I would have called reopening trades months ago. Stocks like Tapestry and Capri Holdings in the luxury goods area. Stocks like General Motors and Ford that are starting to uh, establish very strong uh, technical patterns and but that's exactly what you know you are on the same trademark that's the same well, side that's a different American, example i just before, can't buy american airlines and coal well i'm giving you the extreme example if you really believe that we're coming to light at the end of the tunnel the people who are buying american airlines at 14 and a half buying up 30 percent monday morning it just oh, filled well, the whole gap crazy. in three days and i i do agree with you that some of these uh, stay at home uh, stocks not the shop at home some of the shop at home but i like the shop at home still uh, but some of those shop at homes have bearish ratings now and look a little bit um, dicey from a technical point of view. I put together a list of stocks that I would avoid. We're always talking about what would you buy here? Um, stocks like Netflix, Beyond Meat, Shopify, All Spotify, Wayfair, Fastly, and Zoom. I think these are stocks you really have to avoid and look for what you said, bounces to get out where you feel comfortable that you're not selling into a hole. I think that's, that's right now. That's yesterday. And we've built on that this morning because Zoom here, Zoom up another six bucks here this morning. So, I mean, if you are, if you're in these stocks and you think, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I lost a lot of money Monday. I'm getting some back here. I mean, I believe now today is the time to lighten those up. I think you're giving you a second chance here today. I do too. And you, you have a little chatter about uh, from Osterholm, who's going to be on the COVID uh, board for Joe Biden. And he's saying a six to eight week or four to six week shutdown would solve all our woes. So, you know, the market sees something like that. And I doubt that it's going to happen because uh, we've never had a federal mandate for that. We've had individual states and we know how fractured and divided the states are. But when you see something like that, then the shop at home gets a little bit of a, um, a rebuy risk on uh, mentality. And I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I just don't buy it. I mean, and Zoom's I, the cream of the crop. I think Peloton and Nautilus are like business models chasing a, uh, a new reality. I don't get it. I just want to clarify, and I'm getting multiple Twitter messages that says I'm way opening on the very early on the reopening trade. And I just want to say, I am, and I, I, I'm not making the point that I personally am coming into all these stocks. I said, if you are so inclined to believe that we have light at the end of the tunnel, if that is your thesis that we are going to get past this, now is the time to strike. If you are, I'm not saying I believe we're getting past this in the next six months. So I'm not jumping into American Airlines either. So I love the fact that, you know, you bring up, I'm long forward. I am long forward and I'm heavy long forward 
in because I believe the Ford is going to be a, a big EV player and nobody's recognized it yet. I believe there, you know, you've got a value stock here that eventually, you know, could, you know, they're still firing on all cylinders and General Motors as well. I think there's a story here that is going to unfold that I believe, I, I was saying this yesterday, I believe Ford and GM are going to be the biggest EV players in the world. Makes sense. I think yep. they are. That's I think the they're going to make the, the most EV cars in the world. It's the only rationale for why they're moving this well, because uh, you don't have a whole new um, cohort of car buyers, especially uh, in this market where used cars are being uh, kept longer and longer. But um, I have a play. I made it my bullish stock of the week on Sunday. Um, Alliance Data, ADS. Um, they run loyalty programs for big chains like Ulta Beauty and um, Pottery Barn. And they were starting a turnaround even before the announcement of the vaccine on Monday. It was up 20% at the high on Monday. Coming off a great base, uh, you've still got lots of room to the 52-week highs. This is a company that was really hurt when retail locations, bricks and mortar, were shut down. Uh, but they've lopped a lot of money off expenses. They've just made an acquisition in digital payments. And I, this is the kind of company you have to find. You have to find them as they're coming up through the base. This is sort of an old Wyckoff um, trade where you've made a base, you break out. Now you want to wait for the pullback. Um, yeah. This is another one where you don't want to chase uh, Monday, Tuesday strength, but you get a pullback toward that breakout and, this is a company that um, beat earnings estimates by 50% in the third quarter after a horrendous first quarter. So I'm looking for stocks like this in addition to the names that we like to talk about like FedEx and NVIDIA. But let's talk about where the market's going between. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, that's that's what everybody uh, should be focusing on. So, I mean, yeah, let's yeah, talk, talk about that, Mark. So we, we got the pop on Monday. And as we've, we've been talking about, you know, that that that, that rally was sold. Um, however, whether you interpret that as the market saying we don't believe we're out of the woods or whether you interpret it as the market saying we think it was just too much too fast on Monday. Uh, how do you interpret that that pop we got and, and the eventual undoing of it? Well, I think I can add more to the conversation by telling you what I think is going to happen between now and year end. I, I think we're going to have a slow melt up to the 3,700 area on the S&P. And the reason I believe that is because volatility is coming down. The big bets that the institutions placed post-election, expecting that there might be um, what we're in fact getting a little of, uh, disputed results, are starting to come off. So when you look at the 10 and 20 day moving average of VIX, it's starting to come down. And what that means is that this trillion dollars or so that adjusts their equity allocations based on volatility. Volatility is high, they pull back their allocations. When volatility is low, they take on some leverage and build up their equity exposure. I think that is skewed to the upside between now and year end. And when you add that into the COVID vaccine picture and economic statistics, which have really supported a gradual V-shaped recovery. I think the market is headed higher between now and year end. So Mark, 
Go ahead, Dennis. So obviously you don't want to own the Zooms and you don't want to own the Pelotons, but are you still looking like big tech? Are you looking, what's going to carry us? What stocks are going to carry us to new highs? I think you got to be very selective, Dennis. I think Google is the best of of the mega techs. They had a blowout earnings report. Amazon, I love just as you do. I still like FedEx. Someone's got to deliver those packages, whether it's the economy reopening and businesses, uh, you know, getting deliveries. Uh, and, and by the way, that habit is not going to change. I am not going to drive out to a Best Buy or a Bed Bath & Beyond to buy something that I can buy on Amazon or on their websites. I'm just not going to do it. And by the way, you find bargains. So I, I believe Amazon between AWS, the cloud, and uh, you know their basic retail operation is going to grow as you do. I also like NVIDIA because it's in so many areas of growth like data center, um, you know, GPU units and artificial intelligence, self-driving cars and, you know, their core gaming business. And I like some solar. I like first solar. So I think there's a package of about five, what I would call growth names, which mm-hmm. would include Google, NVIDIA, FedEx, uh, first solar and Lowe's. And then some of these specialized names like Ford, which is breaking out nicely and, um, Alliance data and, um, you know, and, and some of these um, apparel stocks, the luxury apparels, they, they've gotten ahead of themselves and the home builders. I mean, that demographic train has left the station. They are buying homes, whether that's it's it, a flight, flight from the city or yep. whether it's, it's, yep. it's getting out of and their parents' basement. That is it, the backbone of uh, really the economy, because that supports so many different things, right? Uh, you know, your Home Depots, your Lowe's, uh, your furniture companies, your mattress companies, uh, a lot of different things. But, Mark, I just want to just go back real quick um, on Monday. And you, <clears throat> you've worked for some pretty big houses, right? And kind of the way I looked at Monday was this was like, I, I think – the big boys, the big money that get bonuses based on, you know, year end performance, they see that kind of move and they're like, with this kind of year that we've had, we are booking everything we can. We're booking profits to the end of the year. Market does not like uncertainty. We don't know who the president is a, a week after an election. We still have, do not know the full scope of that pandemic. And, you know, I, maybe a slow melt up. I, I, I don't know. I, I look at that high and, and in stocks, you talk about like that blow off top that lasts for like a long time. And it's hard for me not to look at that Monday price action and say, man, maybe you got a blow off top. You got a lot of uncertainty and we'll, we're going to see what happens in 2021. Take the other side of that one for me, Mark. Well, I actually like it. I like your idea. And, you know, look who did the buying. It was the machines. The, the algorithms saw 90% effective vaccine and they said, get out of growth by reopening or by value, however you put a label on it. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the stocks that may have had a blow off top, but okay. I don't think that that translates to the overall market. So uh, I think you can be, if you believe that's a blow off top, and I agree with you and the stocks that did go okay. up 20%, like Valero and, and you know, some of the other names you've oh, talked crazy about. crazy moves. But then buy some of the high quality growth stocks. Lowe's is another example. You just mentioned it. Um, NVIDIA, uh, even Adobe. You know, these companies aren't going away and their business isn't dependent on stay at home, shop at home. 
So, you know, there are a lot of slices to the growth story that I think are attractive and they've just given them a haircut. So, you know, one man's blow off top is another man's opportunity in the stocks that they got out of because they didn't just buy the airlines and the energy stocks, they sold. You know, these are, these are rebalancing of computer uh, run algorithmic portfolios. And yeah, the, the Wall Street traders uh, love to be on the other side of that as long as they believe it's a one or two day event. The moves on Monday are quite possibly the stupidest moves I've ever seen in my entire 21 year trading career. I mean, they sold Clorox down 20 bucks because all of a sudden we're never going to clean again because we got a vaccine. You know, here's a company that obviously benefited directly from COVID, but, you know, to sell it off. 20 points at one time on Monday, and you can see where I'm talking about, close to 218, and actually went down to 193. So they had it at one point down on Monday, down 25 points. Clorox, consumer staple. I don't think we're stop, we're going to stop cleaning because all of a sudden, you know, we're you know we have some light, you know, and just I don't even know how big that light is, but Pfizer gave us. I light. thought we were drinking Clorox to. Uh, I knew I knew that was, was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah, uh, I, I knew. I knew someone was going to say it. On pullbacks, I'd buy Clorox. Just came to me. Hey, just real fast, we're we're about to get a uh, CPI and. Yeah, Dennis, go wide, man. I want to see you get right, wide. Wide. wide for the rest of the show. All right, wide it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there in case. Uh, yeah, no, those numbers have been coming. In case in I get very picked benign, off, <laughs> very benign for the market. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I agree, Mark. I just want to throw it out there so we don't hear Dennis complain. Oh, you didn't warn me about the number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm getting killed here. That'll go. Yeah, all so, pick me off. So I want to be quoted as saying that this market is going to be positive through year end. I like that trade. Santa Claus it, rally. It's worked. It's worked for years. I yeah, mean, this is the yeah. season now. We start ramping up here now into the year end. And I don't see, I, especially if we're in, you know, getting through this, you know, I don't, I, I kind of agree with you. One more question, Mark, before we let you go. Uh, they, they goose the banks, right, on this. And oh, man, the banking sector, I mean, is everyone just going to be running out and getting loans and we're going to have higher interest rates and these banks are going to do better? What, what do you think about that move? I mean, as a, as a true reopening play, you look, any banks are on your radar? Or you well, that's it? more of an interest rate play. Yeah. You had yeah. the 10 year up, up near 1%. And, you know, there's people who feel that small caps are also reflecting this. You know, that's as much a move. Uh, based on interest rates, where small caps do better in a rising interest rate environment, typically. But um, I think it's still early on the banks. They have a great potential in our power gauge rating, but they've been trading so weak technically that they've had neutral ratings. So uh, it's a possibility, uh, you know. Uh, but it's definitely based on interest rates, not loan demand. You know, it's the net interest margin that's going to improve if you get um, rates up. And we don't and want rates up. We don't want rates up with this economy. Well, that's right. There's your balance. You want to get the market to 4,000 on the S&P. You want rates to stay at zero so that your valuations don't matter. All right. Just got those numbers. Jobless claims, better than expected. CPI unchanged. Nothing really there. Crickets. Uh, crickets. Yeah. From a okay, trade Dennis, go back to making your tight markets. The high frequency trader. HFT stop. Okay, HFT on. My next show would be Thanksgiving. What do you want to do, guys? Oh, gosh. I, I haven't even thought about that. I can't think that far ahead, Mark. 
<laughs> uh, I'm having uh, 47 people over in my house, so I won't be able to do the show. Oh, Everybody's okay. going to get a yeah, test, well, though. Yeah. Wait, Joel, are you serious? No. no, no oh. It violates <laughs> I some joke. state law. All right. Oh, no. Uh, All right, Mark. We'll get you on. We'll get you on before. We got a few openings. We'll, we'll send you an email. and uh, That'll be good. We'll get you on. We really oh, appreciate yeah, for sure. it. We love Mark. All right. All right. Well, you Mark, guys, Mark, I, Mark, I'm following your Twitter. You didn't tell him your stop. You didn't tell him uh, your pop, Mark, your, pop, Mark, your, your joke have, of the we, day. We've had all told the joke of the day, and it directly involved you, Mark. Um, Mark, hey. we've been great friends for a long time, right? You've heard yeah. a lot of my bad jokes and everything. And when when uh, Spencer mentioned your name, I was thinking that you should start a newsletter for marijuana stocks. And what would it be called? Bacon with Chicken. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone in the chat had a had a or better riff off that. Maybe like like uh, shake and bake. Shake and oh, bake. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that, that's will you run that too. by Sandy and let us know oh, before? Oh, she's a marketer. She'll she'll see the virtue of that. <laughs> you know, on, uh, on on CNBC uh, eight years ago, when when I made the great call on Priceline with John Najarian. John goes on the next day and he said, you know, uh, I got out of my long and I bought some put options on on uh, Priceline and I made a fortune. And Scott Wapner said, I guess Chaikin saved your bacon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so right. he, he's not immune to this bacon, I don't think. I think he's heard uh, this before. He's a, a he's a Wall Street veteran and we're glad to always have him on the what show. You, what you can do when I come on is just say, what's shaking, shaking? That, that's a good one, too. Great, great. Right. Love it, guys. Love being on here. All Go right, on. man. Love Thanks, having Mark. you. All right. Uh, really a choppy session here. Uh, yeah. We're all over the map. We've yeah. been we were flat when I woke up at uh, uh, quarter to six this morning, and we were just down twenty, and now we're down fourteen. Uh, you know, I'd like to see the high of the week or the low of the week on Friday, but man, I don't, you know, a lot of times you see that it's going to be tough to get the high. I think it's going to be tough to tough to get the low. I think you see some chop here, but uh, we'll see if we get some news or some other things to, uh, to change that. You want to uh, see the mover of the day. Do you know what the mover of the day is? Spencer will. He's using his filters. He's going to know the mover of the day. Uh, Reported earnings. I, I know who it is. Fossil group. Is that who you're talking about? No. Planeteer. No. All all incorrect. It's PDD. Okay. Th th that was my and, second guess. That was Penduo Duo. It's up 22% this morning. What is that? Oh, it's it's one of these uh, Chinese social media plays. Um, I just want to, before we go into that, uh, I just want to make another reminder to show us the love. Hit the like button. We appreciate that. Uh, as I mentioned, well, Jim Barr, the CEO of uh, Nautilus on at the uh, top of the hour here. So PDD. Uh, as Spinner noted in the Benzinga.com chat, it was the very first time since they became a public company that they actually announced a profitable quarter. Five cents per share is what they earned last quarter versus a 17 cent loss estimate revenue at 2.09 versus $1.86 billion. So a decided beat on the earnings and the revenue for PDD last quarter. I guess we can't, can't forget about China just yet. I guess that's, you know, that five cents a share is worth 24% here, Joel. This is what happens when stocks are hot. They're hot. New all-time highs, stock breaking out. I'm not going to short. I don't short stocks making new all-time highs. I got that rule, but holy mackerel, what a windfall. If you had this overnight, I don't know if anybody, I don't know what the straddle was expecting, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't expecting a 26-point move. 
140 is the pre-market high. That's all I'll give you. I can't give you anything else in that one. Takes out 140, 141, 140. I got to go look at what the straddle was trading for. Oh, you know what? There's been a bad quarter for some straddle writers. Like we talk about, you know, but there's been some wicked moves. Like there's been some that have been, you know, just in, and maybe it's the predicted ones. Like they just didn't move that much. I think Tesla didn't move that much on its numbers. And then there's been some like this. Now, they they give it though, man. I mean, people pay for these straddles, Joel. Take a guess. What do you think it was going for? Uh, it was um, where did it, cl- it closed? Uh, what one fifteen or whatever? Yeah. So the week is so, so tomorrow's expiration five plus. I'm 15, looking at just where the close no, is. 10, 10? more fourteen bucks. Wow. Wow. They pay for these things. I mean, it's twenty six, so you're doing okay. But holy cow, you got to pay if you want to participate on the straddle side of it i mean i guess he could have just bought calls he could have bought the 115 calls for 10 bucks or nine bucks (laughs) so you had to pay uh but you are making money the other one i believe jd reported too did it not spencer i didn't jd report or or is it just up just uh, because it's china i did not see jd no no jd is up i mean jd is part of the the singles day thing like they're also e-commerce in china so well jd is up five bucks five percent so it's a big move i mean alibaba's not up really much i mean china's all ripping so maybe it's pdd i thought there was a headline on jd too so earnings are four days from now on four days from now i'm I'm jumping the gun here on jd but they are loving pdd Uh, so they love jd too and they love all the china stocks because they have pdd don't miss out baba now baba's been being hit uh, i told you i would have been buying baba I said yesterday I'd be buying Baba. Um, it, hasn't like it, really gone, it hasn't gone that far yet. So I like the Baba. I did sell some of my Fubo, Mitch, while we got you on there. I sold half. I wish I would have sold it all right, right near you the opening, I told you to. I mean, come on. And it, it's come down. Couldn't hold. Mitch did. He said, get all out. I had to hold a little piece. I held a third. He told me to hold. I could. You, he allowed, Mitch said, I'm allowing you to hold a third. I actually only held 20% of the position. Why do we so. hold the third? Because we play with the house money. That's Play true, actually. I'm money. completely, I believe, playing with the house's money on this one now. So I could just leave it out there and I can never lose on those shares that I've left if I just don't look at it. But I like the story here. So, but filling the gap is not good news. I mean, so if you're coming in, you're like, Ugh. I mean, you know, the same thing happened with that here one. Good bounce. So you come back to these levels, maybe it bounces here. But FUBO wasn't good. That didn't hold on to the gains. So, Next, PDD was one move, but and I also mentioned Fossil because they're up twenty five percent this morning. Uh, they had earnings. I guess people are buying a lot more watches, so the earnings, the analysts, the estimate was just way off here on FOSL thirty one cents per share versus a seventy three cent loss estimate. Sales of four thirty five. They made money. Yeah, they made money. Oh, that's pretty good. And a lot of these retailers have done really well. Yeah considering um which you know, stock was that i'm sorry close. lost my train of thought there fossil group oh fossil yeah fossil. i tell my fossil story yes when it made its all-time high when was this it was when um bubba watson was wearing that oh, pink yeah. fossil when he won the masters in 2013 and the masters do you know they teed off at like 7 7 7 30 this morning because they got to get it in before the, uh, you know, because of the dark and everything. Yeah, the Masters is this weekend. Wow. A little tangent. So, yeah, bubble, so get long, whoever. Bubba Watson, $132. It goes to show you once again that when stocks start getting talked about by everyone, and that day everybody was talking about Fossil because they were all talking about Bubba. And that day, 
um, is obviously that's when you want to be silent. When everybody is talking about your stock, that is the time to be nervous. All right. Uh, S&P is only down 11 and a quarter here uh, at uh, 30, 35.56.75, just about mid-range on the session. So the bulls and the bears are a little bit confused here. I'm confused. It's a confusing market. Let's go uh, grow generation from last night. GRWG. A lot of people like to trade the pot stocks. We've done two pot jokes here. Let's talk a pot stock. This was a good one here. So the EPS beat by a penny. The sales also beat 55 versus $47 million, but they also gave good sales. They actually raised their sales guidance for mm. the year. They raised it by $15 million from a low end of 170 million to a low end of 185 million. Again, that's the sales guidance for the year, they raise their sales guidance for next year as well by $35 million from the mid 200 range to the high $200 million range. Today is a very important day. You want to see this thing build on this morning's gains and you want to see it challenge that high from three days ago. If it gives back these gains, story is cooling off significantly. I mean, this has run a lot. Back in March, this was two bucks. It's 22. So it has, you know, a lot of fluff in there. Um, I, I do like the U.S. pot plays more than the Canadian ones because Canadian ones all had their day and that day is long gone. So like I said, I'm a seller of all rallies and pot stocks went in the Canadian from the Canadian ones, which worked again, by the way. I mean, two days ago, three days ago, they all had to buy pot stocks. They were buying them, you know, up, you know, regardless, ACP went all the way up to fourteen and a half dollars. Two for one stock split three days later, seven and a half, Joel. Just amazing how quickly yeah, they give back the gains and just shows you how many people are caught. Nobody caught in GRWG. So you don't have that like pain trade where, oh, please give me my money back. You have a lot of people caught. You have people caught from a couple of days ago, but there's not like these Canadian pot stocks that everybody's just, you know, destroyed in them. So that's the good news. The bad news is it's had a long run. And I don't know if I have bad news. I, I'm going to say the jury is out here. So we need to see a build and challenge the highs from three days ago. If it gives back the gains, then there's problems. Uh, you couldn't quite get to that uh, that all-time high on the pop. It gave it a nice try. Uh, Pre-market high comes in just under $24. That comes in at uh, $23.87. Uh, but I think what my focus would be um, on this issue for today, since we've already backed off and where are we at? 2250. Uh, you had your all time closing high at uh, 2304. That was on the fifth. And then you kissed it. You had 2298. So that's two closes in the $23 area. That just kind of, I think that's where someone wants to get out of perhaps a large position and they work around it. They missed it when it went up to 2430, then they missed it. So I, I just look at it that old. And I'd like to see this get up, make a new old, old time closing high today and then challenge that 2480. But that, you know, not a super great four star number, but I'd be keeping an eye on 23 in grow generation. I want to go to the chat. There are some tickers I've been writing down throughout the morning. Let's go. Uh, Take some, a time. Somebody asked us. Starting early. Whoa. Uh, That's all right. We'll uh, do a few more today. Someone asked us about Amazon. I don't know if they were talking about a trade or an investment, and I didn't get clarity on that. But they yeah. asked at the top of the hour what you would do with Amazon here. I own it. Yeah. I think it's eventually going to 5,000. I'd buy all pullbacks. If you have it on for a trade and you bought it, you know, is, is this a snapback rally for sure? 3,200 will run into trouble. 
So if we start to get up 3170, 3180, you're going to see it stall out. It's been in a trading range. It's kind of in the middle of the trading range of 3200. I would expect to stall out short term at 3200. So for a trade, I'd be selling in the upper 3175, 3180. As a long term investment, I'm holding. I'll pass on Amazon. That's fine. <laughs> okay, that's allowed. Uh, what about Peloton here? So we're going to have the CEO of uh, one of their main competitors, Nautilus, on in about 15 minutes or so. Let's look at Peloton. Nautilus coming on our show? Man, I swear, you never listen to me. No, I don't know. I'm bad. I'm a bad listener. My wife says the same thing. Yes. The, the CEO of Nautilus, Jim Boyle. That's awesome. The honors are awesome. 15 minutes. Come I'm excited on, for man. that interview. Pay attention. He was out of few I better not, maybe, I mean, I don't know if I should participate in this interview because I think the Nautilus story just ended four days ago. But again, oh, I well, believe the Pfizer vaccine has light at the end of the tunnel. I think rallies or stick with Peloton. I think rallies in Peloton are to be sold. I, I, I think the CEO will try to change your mind. But anyway, back to Peloton. We'll do Peloton now. We'll do Nautilus at nine. Joel, thoughts on PTON? I wanted to sell it a couple of days ago. But uh, Lisa, the boss won't let him. Yeah, hold it. Yeah, she, she didn't, her response was buy more. And uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. I don't know. I, I just, when the stocks have this kind of run, and then they give it back. Also, uh, the other thing I didn't like, I explained to her that, you know, great earnings and they crushed it that day on earnings. So I think eventually, I mean, I had a great 40 minute workout on it yesterday. I like it when I can get back in the pool on a, by day, you know, a, a daily basis that I'll be doing it. But I, I just, these kind of runs, I don't know. Once they turn, they turn. And I really feel like this one turned. Is the but, story cooled off or is the yeah. story broken? That is the question. We know it's cooled off because obviously the stock has come down. But is the story now broken because we we have the Pfizer vaccine? That's the question. I personally believe that this is a broken story. I'd so, say three highs in one area is pretty it broke, I think it broke on Monday. I think yep. the story is now broken. Uh, three highs in the same area. Uh, 0848, 0865, and 0735. So, man, oh, man. I mean, I, I could say 108, 109. Let's just say 110. I said, because there was some lows at that area on the way down, and it got a nice pop. So, people are stuck from that area. You got people stuck from this, and then you got a little pop. And if you didn't get out, then you're really stuck. I just think it's just starting to really build up some overhead supply. <laughs> There's actually not, if it got above the 109 though, then you get in the gap and then you could say, okay, there could be a trade up to 120 here. So even, you know, if you have a bearish thesis, sometimes you can find. So if this was to get up over 109, 110 um, and try and hold it, like not just like spike up there at the open and then tank, um, if it would get up to 109, 110 and hold above that 108 and a half, then there is room to 120. I would like to sell, I, 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 if it gets 120, I'm selling short. So I, I will say that right now. That gap, the Peloton yeah. gets back up to 120, 121. I will sell it short. I'm not selling it short right here because there's too much, you know, there's oh, still people that love that this. Gap. Oh, and it's sitting here. It yeah. wants to go one way or another. So, I mean, you can short it off these three highs, but what do we say? There's no such thing as triple top. I wouldn't be surprised it gets in the gap area just to like. Oh, yeah, just to mess with through the Just to mess with the people that think, you know, the story's broken. I think it is broken, but it could. I'd, I'd like, so I'm not putting the short on here at 106. I'd like Peloton to rally and fill that gap and then get the chance to short. I'm sure I'm sure Joel is going to really be trying to talk to Lisa if it gets back to 120. If it gets back to that area. That might just uh, sell without her permission. And you know what? Says. There's also, uh, <laughs> there's also uh, no, because when we turn the portfolio over to the girls, or, you know, well, I don't know if I'll be around for that. Uh, I don't, They're going to be just, around forever. Oh, You're so okay. healthy. 
yes, I try and be. Um, the other thing, I saw an advertiser for this mirror and, uh, you know, that Lululemon uh, product. So if everyone that buys Lululemons uh, goes to, you know, buys that mirror product, I don't know. Competition coming on down the line, too. I, I don't know. I Rather sell than buy. Next, too Next. long on Peloton. Yeah, Joel doesn't like talking about Stock City Owens. All right, what about... What about Rocket? We got to talk about Rocket. Rocket, sure. Rocket, Rocket. Everyone wants to talk about Rocket. Oh, man. Did, did you observe much of a Mad Money pop last night? Ben? Yeah, we did. We got the initial pop, and it couldn't hold that either. <laughs> so it's funny. This stock, I own this stock in my long-term portfolio. I shorted it on the pop and <gasps> earnings because I know how bloody hated it is. And I was like, even though they beat and the earnings report was awesome, it doesn't matter because they hate the stock. I think eventually they find a reason to like this stock. I think it's going to take like a conviction. Obviously, it might even take more than Kramer because Kramer really pumped the tires last night on it too. Again, again, again. he did that before. Yeah, again, um, it's going to take somebody big to come in and say, you know, like not saying Warren Buffett to buy it, but somebody like not maybe it doesn't have to be that big, but somebody's got to give this a vote of confidence. It needs something to turn the sentiment because right now every rally gets faded. I own it. I believe in the long-term story. I think there's value here. I mean, the C, the you know, I don't know if it was CEO. Was CEO on Mad Money last night, or was it? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Was it the yeah. CEO? Yep. Yeah. So CEO was on Mad Money last night. And he was saying, you know, they're talking about like buybacks, and they're saying, you know, they believe that their company is undervalued. I think it might be too. Um, buying back stock this, this after an IPO is that is that common? That's what they were talking about. I don't know if that was officially announced, but they were talking. Uh, yeah, about it. oh, yeah, no, they, it did one yeah. billion. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, billion what dollar about, buyback. What if you and, think you think about the like is a is a loan and housing environment going to get any better than it is now? That's the argument. That's a great point. And is this as good as it gets? You know, you would argue um, for, you know, if interest rates start going up oh. here, does that, you know, change the thesis here where, okay, well, people you know, aren't just giddy to just go buy, you know, their new homes and moving around and doing all this interest rates start to go up. I mean, you know, some of these companies can win no matter that what. That could be hard. I, yeah, I think that's the argument here against it. Uh, but, you know, I like the story still. I'm long the stock. I'm in from 24. So I bought way too high. I bought it after the big pullback. Well, we know I played it once. So I actually, if I add it all up, I'm probably doing okay on it still because I played it from like 20 to 27. And then I rebought my shares that I sold at like 24. And I screwed that up, obviously. I bought way too soon. Should have you know, waited until the dust settled and the dust settled back at 18. I mean, if you're coming in here now, there's an opportunity, but there's so much pain. Everybody's stuck in this thing. So it's going to have a hard, you know, it's going to, it's not just going to rip itself up to like 25 or 30. Too many people are stuck, too much overhead supply. Even this, though I like the story and I like the fundamentals, it's tough chart. Uh, you, you got uh, in the pre-market, or, uh, yeah, in the pre-market yesterday, it, it bolted over 22, got to 20, just over 22. Uh, but yesterday during the regular session, only got to 21.71. And then your two previous highs are 22.29 and 22.41. So lot of resistance in that 22 handle. Great support on the downside. That first day, it takes 1750, came down to 18 and change, came down to 18 again. So if you're looking at it like, this is it, this is not going to undercut the IPO low. Hey, you're buying a 21 here, your stops at 17, you see what happens. But uh, definitely, definitely calm down after this. This run was a little bit of a Kramer pump the first time. 
And now the Kramer pump this time is not having as much of an effect. It, it was on a while ago and it got a pump too. Huge. And then it got faded. Huge. I mean, there's been a couple Kramer pumps in here. Um, and, you know, sometimes they really move the stocks and sometimes they fade them. So Jim Kramer is very influential. Love him or hate him. When he gets on board on something, I think about, think about plug power. He pumps plug power so much. And, you know, even last night again, pumping it again he says i wish it would pull back a little bit so i could you know get on board and on this you know again he just it's run here now but you gotta watch when he really gets convicted about something he will pump it for you know sometimes months he's been a full month talking about plug power every other day the ceo has been on this show like three times so in the, in the like the last like couple months like he loves this story and he is driving this like the driver for plug power has been jim kramer it really has because you think about the retail following. You think about you know how many people watch CNBC to get their trading ideas, and he's on there just pump and plug power continuously. So when they first get on board on something, you got to be very careful to saying, okay, this is the Kramer pump and it's going to fade. I mean, sometimes you know if he continues to pump it and pump it and pump it, you know they can really move the stocks. When did we have the plug power? I, was, I just there? looked it up, Joel. It was July eighth. Was when we had him on the perfect time. That was the. Well, yeah. no, we didn't. It's see a great story. It's been moving, but what's the all-time high in plug power? People don't realize this. What's the what's the all-time high plug this power? This stock's goal? been around for like a million years. It has. I traded this when I first started at Bray Trading, so this has been a story for a long time. It didn't just come out. One fifty-six. I think. Uh, going to go try to grab it. Uh, One fifty-six. Let me, it might uh, be higher than that. Show the charts, Joel. I am. I am. I am. I can only do so many things at once. <laughs> come on. Oh well, my chart says higher than that. My chart Tech says bubble. 375. 375. Okay. Show Ballard Power BLDP. That's you always go that one. You always do that one. Uh, this is they pair. They trade together. They pair. I tr I pair trade these all the time. Uh, way back, the Ballard Power has had an incredible run here in the last year too. But you know, this was a story back in 2000. Same story. So these charts are very similar. You go back to 2001 is like ninety dollars. Yep. Yeah. Right. So and it's 16. So I mean, if you bought these in the buzz back in 2001, you're still, you know, <laughs> down a lot of money. But you know, it's been a good story for everybody who's bought in the last year. So good story. They're, they're continuing to be pumped. I mean, maybe this is the future, but I don't know about that. They hey, thought it was the future in 2001. All right, yeah, gonna... Joe, what was that? Uh, that that let's do SPAC earning, the SPAC trade, HYLN. Oh God! Do we have the Hillian report? I mean, yeah, yeah. the report yesterday. I, I don't think the report was very good. I, I saw that their losses widened. Let me see what the numbers here. They lost forty-eight cents per share. I do not. I don't even have a revenue print for them. Let me see. Um, yeah, because they don't have any. No, of course they. Have, of course they have revenue. Don't <laughs> <would> be insane. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't I don't have any good numbers here. I so I apologize, but. Um, 21 someone stepped up at 21 to pre-market that's all i can tell you about this one all right we're gonna have the the ceo as i mentioned of nautilus on the show in about five minutes uh, looking ahead to some earnings after the close today there are three big names on my radar cisco mm -hmm. palantir mm -hmm. and disney i thought palantir was out no it's tonight and palantir. i had it on last night i put this on for i, I was actually going to put on yesterday morning and i didn't I put it on overnight. I've sold it already because it got the 40 cent pop. Um, I actually sold it last night because it was popping up 40, 50 cents last night. And obviously we're down. I mean, the stock's going to run into the earnings. I wouldn't be surprised this runs even further into the earnings. Um, 
again, you're chasing, it's had your classic earnings run up. This was, you know, been running for five days ahead of the report. So now it's got some good news baked in. So it's a coin flip on, you know, what it does after the report. But everybody, this stock is trading so much, Joel. It's trading at like six o'clock at night, like it's still open. It's that liquid. It's like a two cent markets and it's trading with huge size active. This has got to be one of the most traded stocks right now, this PLTR, ever since it broke out over 11. Classic breakout trade working very well here, 11 to 16. The question is, you know, now you're coming in. Okay, well, now it's up 50% in five days ahead of the report. That sets up that I would ring the register before it reports because even if they beat, there's a little bit of good news baked in here. Actually, I know it was traded actively because when I was on uh, the Peloton, I was, was watching uh, CNBC and, you know, like the trades were just like, bing, 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 so bing. Ugly. Yeah, I could see it. I see it was trading a lot. Uh, last night, it got up near $17. If you're looking for a potential target in this one, at, if you want to exit, $17.06 uh, is your pre-market high. I was actually an after-hours high, currently trading $16.43. Uh, what else? Disney, let's look at Disney here. Disney reports tonight. Dennis I'm it, and I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm unhappily long it because I bought this just yesterday because I was like, okay, they should give it the you know a little bit of life here today. It's not getting any life here this morning because the reopening trade is off this morning again. If that trade reverses after ten o'clock, which I think it might, then Disney might start to show some life. I still wouldn't be surprised. It shows a little bit of life in the report. I wouldn't be long this anything more than a trade though. For the simple reason is I don't understand the valuation here. I don't understand how it's worth as much as it was last year. You know, Disney Plus isn't worth that much and all the parks are closed. I mean, there is life. So maybe the Pfizer vaccine, if you got down, if, if they disappoint, and it's down that 120, area, would I take a flyer on Disney now? Maybe. Um, I always wanted to own Disney. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself to do when the parks are closed. But the Pfizer vaccine does change things. So. I'm hoping for it to fill the gap after the earnings so I can actually buy for my long term. Yeah, I mean, I think of all the stocks that, you know, you look at and you look at the price action, you know, in the, the circumstances that we've had, I think this one has to be the the um, the newest one. I mean, it or like the most surprising price action of anything if there's it's held up so well uh yeah exactly they're they're um, they, they all of a sudden made it a stay-at-home stock it was actually moving with the stay-at-home stocks for a bit which is unbelievable because of disney plus i mean and, and disney plus just a fraction of the revenue of their overall company we know the parks is 40 percent, and the parks are you know california still closed and, you know, got, you know, obviously, you know, Orlando, but eventually if we're getting past it, I mean, I could listen to the argument now, if we really believe in the Pfizer vaccine, and I don't think the earnings are going to be that great. If they decide for whatever reason to slaughter, I'm not saying they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd be a buyer in the 120 area. So if it was to come down to there, I think it's safe enough now where I would actually buy Disney if it got down to 120. 136 though i don't know what it's going to do on the earnings and like i said i own it right now for an overnight trade but i will sell it before the report dennis it's worth mentioning that disneyland is closed but all the other parks are open i mean they're not fully open but at least they're china but what's a capacity like you know like i heard i heard disney orlando's like flying at like 15 percent capacity or something 20 percent like really if you ever want to go to disney world must be an awesome experience right now. oh you don't have to wait yeah you don't wait for nothing you just go on that like you know, that, that Peter Pan ride, which is like a two-hour wait all the time because every kid wants to ride the Peter Pan ride. My kid w- would want to ride it too. 
probably just go on that thing like 25 times, bang, bang, bang it out. I bet you right now. I don't know. Maybe it's not set up like that, but you know, these parks running out a fraction of capacity here. It's probably an awesome experience right now. What about the ESPN unit too? I mean, they're, they are. That's so small now really for it though. I mean, it's, it's it's diminished and diminished as a portion of their revenues. I think, you know, the Disney plus over counters ESPN. So I could get talked into Disney for the simple, here's my thought process on Disney, like longer term, not at 136. I want, I want it to disappoint so I, I can actually buy it. But um, I could get talked into it for the simple reason that we're, you know, we, if, if, if we get past COVID, what, you know, and we are, feel safe, if everybody feels safe again, maybe because of vaccine, everybody's going to go on vacation. You're going to see, you know, all of a sudden everybody's been cooped up. They're all wanting to go somewhere. You know, and if, if we can make the vaccine good enough that we actually feel safe, I think there's going to be like a run for every vacation, for cruise lines, for doing all kinds of things that we haven't done. You know, kind of like, 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 I mean, wouldn't you want to, if you had a vaccine that you were 100% confident to feel safe, wouldn't you go on a vacation right now? Lisa's on like, There's people it, save money, you know, they're spending money on their homes. People want to do stuff. People want to go to places. I, I would love to take my kids to Disney World. Uh, here, I, I want to go to our guest, but real fast, just to put a bow on that, Brent Slava from our news desk who's listening just chimed in said he went to Cedar Point, I guess, a few weekends ago, and it was packed. So yeah? take that for whatever it's worth. How's that work? I don't, I don't know. Well, we better go buy some fun. Uh, there's an inside scoop i i I thought they're supposed to have limited capacity how is it packed that's what he said and he was there and i wasn't so well what do i know all right i'm bringing on uh our guest here uh jim barr as i've been mentioning throughout the hour he's the ceo of nautilus joining us now let me see yeah we got his video got his audio jim good morning i know it's early so i appreciate the time how's it going it's going well thank you um uh announced earnings this week and um um, record record earnings, best um, uh, most profitable quarter in our 40 year history. So um, very good. Maybe maybe bad timing. Um, uh, we're you know uplifted by the announcement of um, progress on the uh, vaccine, uh, but obviously um, you know those two things happening the same day uh, didn't help our stock too much. Yeah, I, I, so I want to ask you sort of about you guys have had a, a pretty strange year. So last year was a, was, a, was no secret, a pretty bad year for you, for you guys. Uh, you came on this year and then you, you had this turnaround planned in place and then this pandemic hits. So that obviously drove a lot of demand for your products, but I'm, I'm wondering like how much of like, how much of the come the turnaround in sales this year is, is a result of like, processes that were already being put in place in the winter versus the pandemic that just screwed everybody's supply chains up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the, in the end, you know, I came here because this is a great company with fantastic brands, uh, broad portfolio of different types of products at different price points. We go to market on the channel so you can get, you can buy our products either retail or directly from us. And so I thought we had, you know, kind of the right uh, raw raw materials to win, but obviously we had missed some trends in the market. We had missed connected fitness. Um, we had we had a, a decent uh, digital experience, but it wasn't on any of our products. So we had to accelerate that through the portfolio, uh, come up with some new products that were more win- winner winning products. We had a some hero products at the company where uh, like our Max Trainer that just re- you know ran up um, 
our, our revenue for years and years. And then uh, suddenly you don't have a replacement for that. And one of the reasons was it's just not um, digital enough and it, it, we misconnected fitness. And then we kept doing kind of the same thing over and over and over. So when I came in, I definitely put in um, some operational improvements. So that's number one is, you know, we were doing two thirds TV in our advertising, one third digital, flip that the other way. Um, take different approaches to our messaging, um, segment our audience instead of just going after people who are we're trying to get off the couch. Uh, the hardest, uh, ironically, the hardest group to go after, we're going after more. So it's a combination of those operational details at the beginning. Then, of course, there is a, for sure a pandemic effect that I'm happy to talk about. I think it, there's, a, there's a new normal and there's going to be a permanency to some of the th trends we've, we've seen. And then we're getting our long-term strategic plan in place. Uh, we're rolling that out actually starting today at the company. So we're very excited about that long-term prospect. Well, I, I, Dennis, go ahead. No, so I'm sorry. We're, we're getting crossed off. Go there. ahead, Dennis. Dennis Dick here. I just wanted to just jump a little bit further. You were talking about the new normalcy, and I'm just wondering, you know, like how do you project something like, because obviously you've got, you know, a big bump from people stay at home, but some of this is going to stick. You're right. Some of this has got to stick because some people are like, oh, I like working from home or working out from home. I like, you know, uh, just not having to go drive to the gym and waste, you know, 20 minutes driving there, 20 minutes driving back. I can just go, you know, jump on my home equipment here, get my workout in, shower and save myself 45 minutes. I mean, so some of this has got some of this probably does stick. How do you project, you know, how much is going to stick and how much is, you know, obviously not going to stick? Well, there's a lot of surveys out there. Uh, I don't have one from the last few days, but, you know, from as late as last week, um, you know, we talk to our customers and we survey non-customers as well. And we ask them mostly about their attitudes about going to the gym, right? Because you have this $40 billion gym membership market that is blending in with our relatively smaller, historically $3.6 billion uh, at-home fitness market. And, you know, any amount of blend there is going gonna, is gonna to help us. But in terms of trying to figure out what's permanent, what isn't, you know, some of the things we're hearing is, um, depending on our survey, between 12 and 30% of gym goers say they will never go back. Now, this was before this week. And I never really believed the high end of that. So let's just say it's, you know, 10%. But there's some amount that will never go back. So you got to call that permanent, right? Yep. And then, uh, in addition to that, you've got... Um, the rest of, uh, of people telling us, look, I'll go back when there's a vaccine, when it's fully available, when lots of people have it. And when I go back, I'm going to uh, balance the gym and home in, in a different proportion, um, much like we're all doing with, with office and home. You know, it, it's probably not going back to five days a week um, uh, for, for quite some time. You know, it might be, it might be work from home you know, two days a week and work from the office three days a week. But it's the same type of thing with the gym. We don't think people are going to pick either or. Uh, we think they're going to continue to do that. In the meantime, you know, we've tried to do things like, um, uh, you know, introduce our brands to new customers that would have never seen us, take advantage of that, uh, of that effect for as long as it's there in permanent ways. Things like, you know, seven times, we created seven times uh, the, the number of new customers in the last quarter versus, uh, versus the year ago period. So when you introduce your brands and your products to new people, uh, they really see that. And you mentioned, um, you know, just the convenience of working, working out from home. We've all kind of known it, but, you know, through the pandemic, there's been a lot of forced trial in a lot of different ways. And we say, hey, it's, it's actually very convenient to do that. And uh, we think they're going to balance that uh, differently. And the other effect we saw is people are really still afraid to be you know, if, if God forbid there's another um, virus um, or uh, resurgence of this one, 
you know, are, do you have everything you need at home uh, to be able to, to do that? Because people got caught without what they wanted this time. So they're, you know, what's temporary, what's permanent, um, I'm not sure, but we see some very um, long-term uh, good signs for our, for our business. And even I'll add retailers tra own growth transformations as they, you know, switch to more e-commerce and they switch to uh, curbside pickup and things like that. That really does help a company like Nautilus, who has generally been restricted in those stores like Dick's Sporting Goods and um, uh, um, Best Buy and others, you know, to, to um, you know, what fits on the floor and uh, certain price points, generally nothing above 1500. So we're kind of released from that and we're, and we're getting lots of traction with retailers that never sold fitness before, which is fantastic. Uh, Jim, I, I want to ask about how you guys actually, how Nautilus moves product, right? Because you've got the, the direct to consumer and you've got the retail business. And of course you, you've got the gym business, right? So, and the growth rates there are varying a lot. So can you speak to the different growth rates for, for those different business lines and, and where the focus is now? Sure. Um, well, we report in two segments, uh, the direct business and, uh, and the retail business. So retail had uh, I think the number was 108% growth uh, quarter over quarter, uh, oh, quarter, you know, third quarter this year versus last year. And it was its best quarter ever. You know, we've been growing that business, um, getting more retailers um, on board. And so that's a very, very healthy and uh, business. And we're, we're very pleased with that. And then our direct business, which, you know, has the, uh, you know, kind of the uh, great elements of, you know, uh, converting to cash quicker, uh, we can change promotions on you know, on a dime. You know, we can send out emails. We can market uh, very rapidly. We we kind of control more things, and and that was uh, that had well over um, 200% growth in the last quarter. So those are both growing strong. We're getting international growth as well. We sold our commercial business. Um, you know, I, as part of our strategic planning, focus is a big part of strategy for me and we decided to go at home only instead of at home and commercial. So we sold that commercial business um, October 14th. I want to ask you about the new bike that you guys just launched a couple months ago, the, 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 the Velocore. Uh, perfect for people like Dennis who want to exercise, but who also have ADD and can't focus <laughs> because uh, you can also connect it to other apps, right? Netflix, and uh, an Amazon Prime uh, and Hulu, right? So you can actually like stream stuff, not just classes in connected fitness classes, but also just like other streaming apps, right? Absolutely. So we, we think we have a real winner here. Uh, obviously, this company's had a lot of innovation over the years. Um, the Velocore bike is uh, the very first unstationary bike that can lean from side to side. And it's it's differentiated, obviously, and it's great innovation, but it's also um, got some great benefits. Um, you get a better core workout and arm workout, so you're you're actually not you're working a, a bigger uh, portion of your body than uh, than a traditional stationary bike. So that's that's fantastic, and that immersive experience that you talked about, we provide through um, our digital membership platform that we call Journey, uh, and uh, Journey has, as you said you know, we've got trainer led videos. We don't do live uh, training. You know, uh, uh, our customers tell us uh, a lot of the other companies may be um, over indexed on live, but on demand videos are great, but that's not even really what the core of, of journey is. It's you get on and you get an adaptive workout. Every time you get on based on what you did last time, based on your goals, you get a different workout selected just for you from our AI driven algorithm. 
And then we give you personal coaching along with it. And you can also, as you mentioned, watch Netflix in the background while being coached. So you can do both those things at the same time. And then we have what some of the others have as well, which is immersive experiences to, you know, run in Tiananmen Square or, or bike in the Swiss Alps. Uh, and obviously it has music and things like that. So yeah, the, the combination of the differentiated product and the great connected fitness experience um, is, is really exceeded our expectations. We're, we're very excited about it. We think it not only uh, gives us a great product, but it's, it's one of those things we want our brand to stand for. We want it to be a more tech forward brand than it's been in the past. And uh, we're quite proud of Velicor and it's, it's doing very well. Jim, I'm curious, when you look around the industry and look, look at your peers, you see companies like Peloton with a $30 billion valuation and Mirror, which sold for $500 million. Do you see this? Is, is it like a zero-sum game or is, it, is, is the growth of those companies just increasing the size of the overall pie for everybody in fitness? Yeah, I think, you know, those those valuations are, are fantastic. You know, we're we're probably a little over one times uh, revenue right now. So uh, when I see uh, Mirror being sold for five times and when you look at the tremendous uh, Peloton uh, valuation as well, uh, there's definitely upside, we believe, um, as part of this. And as I said, I think there's permanent structural uh, impacts to the at-home fitness market that we're all going to enjoy. Of course, there's going to be more competition every day. I see some a uh, new company I've never heard of on my social feed that makes a bike, you know, so it's, uh, you definitely have that in, but it could be that, you know, our addressable market, uh, just the at-home fitness may double in, in just the, the, just the one year, you know, it's really just Peloton and us as public, public companies that you can see the stats for, but, um, you know, we think there's a, there's a definite um, permanent wave here. And uh, you, you said you're not going to be giving too much guidance going forward though you did give some in the most recent quarter uh, and you also spoke to just the lack of seasonality i think everyone is experiencing that this year in a normal year though what kind of seasonality is there in, in your business yeah i mean in a normal year uh fourth quarter is our is our biggest uh one you know christmas holiday things like that uh first quarter is generally our our second it's either uh, first or third you know third has kind of the retail load-ins uh and uh first quarter has you know the um, you know, New Year's resolution crowd there that's jumping in on that. And generally after January, it, it, uh, the seasonality, um, you know, we, we get it, we get a drop as, as people have bought what they need this year. We never saw that we off, we, uh, um, launched a couple of connected fitness bikes, including the C6, Bowflex C6 last October, the first, um, Bowflex bike that we've ever made. And that went, you know, kind of a great value proposition relative to Peloton, where it was less than half the price. Um, you could use our um, digital uh, uh, software or you could use Peloton's if you want uh, or Zwift or any that you wanted. So that open platform plus price point really made a big difference. We never saw any seasonality and we were already having a great first quarter uh, and it turned into a fantastic first quarter with the last two weeks um, when the pandemic hit. But, uh, but we were already uh, not seeing the seasonality. We're on the line with Jim Barr. He's the CEO of Nautilus. Uh, first of all, Jim, I want to say, man, congratulations on selling that commercial business in October. I mean, holy moly. I mean, you think about these Planet Fitnesses or the companies that you sold to. I mean, they got stuff and, you know, how much more are they going to be ordering? So what what was the, the impetus for that? Did you, I mean, obviously you didn't see a pandemic coming down the road, but what, what was the thought process behind that? 
Yeah, I mean, as we did our strategy, it's a great question. As we did our strategy, you know, I felt like we were not as focused as we needed to be, right? We had, you know, let's say we have treadmills in Nautilus brand, in Bowflex brand, in Schwinn brand. I thought we were confusing people with our portfolio. Um, so our brands weren't clear. They didn't have clear roles. Uh, I think we were overskewed. And then um, in, in, this, in this instance, we were, you know, taking our resources and spreading them across at home and, uh, and the club business. And uh, we just, we had to make some choices. And that was one of the choices uh, we made. It's a, it's a fantastic business. It's just, you know, it's not the business for us right now. It's going to be better uh, in, in someone else's hands. But, you know, those are, those are the tough strategic choices of deciding what not to do. And then just a final question from me, uh, your customer base, what, what percent of your customer base is people, new customers, like buying this versus people that had something and it's a little old and they're replacing it. Cause when I look at these things, like this Peloton that I have, um, I'm going to keep this for a long time. I don't know if I'm going to be going out and buying some equipment, the equipment that I had before that, an old bike and I don't know, in a treadmill for 20 years. So are you always having to go out and get new customers or are you having people like, you know, upgrading and getting something new? Yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of that has to do with how your uh, product portfolio is progressing. So if you've got some good innovation in the in the portfolio, then you're going to get some repeat. Interestingly, when we when we look at our customer um, segments, uh, actually, it, it's generational what the attitudes about repurchase are. If you if you're maybe uh, 50 and above, you sort of think. I've made my last uh, my last purchase, or I'm unlikely to buy a whole lot more. Um, but when you talk to millennials, they're they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to use this for a few years, then I'm going to get something else." And what we saw, what we've seen studying gym goers that have been displaced, um, is they really want variety. So um, they are trying different things. Most of the time, people buy a tread first, uh, but bikes have been really crazy lately, and then people want ellipticals and, um, and we have a max trainer, which is, you know, that stand up elliptical that uh, gives you a great workout in a short amount of time. And, um, but combined with um, the digital experience, I think that's really it. And the way we think about it, it's a great question is we used to be able to just differentiate based on bending, bending steel and molding plastic, but we're going to differentiate on the whole experience, which spans, you know, the physical equipment, um, the content that's in our um, in our uh, membership platform and comes in a software wrapper. So, you know, I happen to own a Tesla and the, the day you buy a Tesla, is, you know, most cars, the day you buy, it's the best day. Um, what I love about this model of connected fitness is your equipment can get better as you get software updates. And that's what we plan to do. Uh, you just, our CEO who's in the chat, you just, you're his new, uh, he's your new biggest fan for that comment, I think. Uh, cause, cause he's all, he's all about the, the connectivity and, uh, and, and the same, the same underlying theme of Tesla just it relates back to, to your business. Uh, Jim Barr is the CEO of Nautilus. Jim, like I said, I know it's early for you on the West coast. We appreciate you getting up with us this morning. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. Thanks guys. All right. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, hit the like button. If you didn't, hit the like button anyway. I don't really care. Hit the like button. That helps us out with YouTube. And uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the comments in our chats, the comments that are on topic, the ones that are off topic. It's fine. They're all good. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate all the participation from everyone. And thanks to our guests today, Jim Barr and Mark Chaikin. Uh
that'll be a wrap for us here. Bitcoin sold off 1600, but is now back above that level. So we'll be watching that today. Uh, everyone, you can uh, catch a replay of this show on our podcast or on every major podcast platform, or of course, on YouTube. You can always email us with questions, comments, or concerns. Premarket at Finzinga.com. That goes to all, uh, all three of us here. And please rem- remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading or even fitness advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.